0: And Paul used these men to show us that our own justification with God does not come by works doesn't come by the things that we do and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be about doing good things for the Lord but our justification comes in faith in Jesus Christ in Christ alone
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: Today we are in Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11. Having been justified, we're going to discover, and I I tried to work the points of our message having been justified we're going to see in verses 1 and 2 we have been justified verses 3 through 5 because of God's love verses 6 through 8 Christ died for us and 9 through 11 we have been reconciled I'll go ahead and read the first two verses to open up our teaching Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. and Father, we pray that you would be with us now, Lord, as we look into your word. I pray, Father, that you would Help us to understand the great benefits of the salvation that you have afforded us through the work of Jesus upon the cross. Help us, Lord, if we are in a place where we are not standing in peace today, Lord, that you would help us to realize that it is a position that you have given us, a place that you have given us, Lord, that you would give us peace. Lord, I pray that you would be with us if we discover that we are in trials and tribulations and things to be uh, in this world coming against us Lord help us to know that these things do truly work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes so bless us Lord we pray as we look into your word in the name of Jesus amen we have been justified And we have peace, verse 1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, having been justified, the therefore takes us back. It takes us back to all that has preceded chapter 5. And we can take it all the way back there in chapters 1 through 3, where Paul used, I've quoted the last few messages, Paul using, 1,873 words to show that whether a person is a Jew or Gentile, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but that also God has made a way of righteousness, not through the keeping of the law, which condemns us, but through faith in him who has fulfilled the law, faith in Jesus Christ, the one who has completely fulfilled the law of God. In chapter 4, Paul used two examples, that of Abraham and David to show that they were accounted righteous apart from keeping the law, apart from being circumcised. Although uh, David attempted to keep the law, David was circumcised, Abraham was circumcised, but their being accounted righteous was uh, apart from all these things. Their being accounted righteous came by faith in God. Abraham being justified by faith some 430 years before the law was ever given, and David being justified by faith coming some 450 years after the law was given. And Paul used these men to show us that our own justification with God does not come by works. It doesn't come by the things that we do. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be about doing good things for the Lord. But our justification comes in faith in Jesus Christ, in Christ alone. Since we have been justified, so he begins. We now have peace with God. A couple of weeks ago, I taught and picked up verses 1 and 2 just to close out chapter 4 and did a little tease, I guess, of chapter 5. And I had said a couple of weeks ago that what spoke to me the most from that teaching was this a Greek word for peace here that speaks about we have peace with God. It is not talking about that we have a relational peace with God or an attitude of peace with God. It actually speaks about the state in which we stand. We stand in peace with God and that really blessed my heart. It's actually a Greek word that's opposite of the word war. We're not at war with God, we are at peace. But here's the thing when you have a peace treaty with warring nations, anything could set off another war again. And it's not a peace treaty that we have with God. Because of the work of Jesus Christ, because we have been justified, we have peace, we stand in peace. And we need not to worry about that ever again. We stand in peace. Jesus promised in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Not as the world gives, the world gives. Many times they give and they take away. But with the Lord Jesus, he gives peace not as the world gives. He gives peace that he would never take away from us. A believer, it tells us in the Bible Knowledge Commentary, a believer is not responsible for having peace in the sense of making it, but in the sense of enjoying it. And it's through Jesus that we have peace. It denotes that state in which we stand, the condition of a person, as in respect to the circumstances or the attributes, we stand in peace. In Philippians 4, 7, it tells us, And the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That verse quoted a lot around here at our church, especially uh, because of Kevin, and it's a verse that he's clung on to in his life, having heart surgery at a young age, and then later on in his life having uh, just recently having another procedure to make sure that that ticker keeps working properly. It's a peace that surpasses understanding. It doesn't mean that we have to understand everything that's going on in the world, everything that's going on in our lives. It surpasses understanding, but also it guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When you have such peace, it is that Helmet of salvation. It's that guard upon our lives. But it also gives us access in verse two, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Jesus not only gives us peace, talking about that position, that state in which we stand, here he clearly says that we also stand in grace. We stand in the grace of God it's nothing that we have done to obtain it's something that Christ has done for us and that we have received this grace it speaks about God's favorable regard toward us it speaks about God's favor his kindness toward those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ that we have God's grace we stand in God's grace The Greek word for stand here speaks about to stand fast, to to continue and to endure, to persist. We are to continue to stand in the grace of God. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, also which you received, in which you stand. And so we talk about in this world taking a stand for something. A stand perhaps for some injustice that's going on in our world. We see a lot of this happening in our world today in the United States. People taking stands for positions. Sometimes they take a stand for something that is not actually right. But they still nonetheless they take a stand for that position. We are to stand in God's grace. We are to stand in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we rejoice in hope to the glory of God. This word for hope has to do with the unseen future. Hope describes a happy or a joy in anticipation of the good that's going to come our way. We stand in this hope. Sometimes you might ask someone if they believe they'll go to heaven when they die. And sometimes you'll get that response. Well, I hope so. That's kind of a hope of unsurety. When they say it that way, to me, it's like, well, I hope so. Well, what have you done to make sure that it's not a hope so, but that you know so? So there's different types of hopes, hoping that things will work out. Well, this is a hope in which we are to stand in the hope of God's glory. In 1 Peter 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is a living hope. And our justification not only saves us, but gives us peace, grace, and hope in God because God loves us. In verses 3 through 5, I'll read the context for you. It says, and not only that, We also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God is being poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So having been justified by faith, having obtained the peace of God in which we stand, Standing in God's grace and rejoicing in the hope of God's glory, looking forward to the future of our salvation, standing in heaven's glory one day. With all these wonderful advantages of salvation, Paul reveals more benefits that come into our lives in the here and now. And As I said, over the next uh, few teachings, we'll discover in chapters 5 and 6 especially that Paul will deal with the position that we have in Christ Jesus, but also the practical side of our sanctification. The position that we have in Christ Jesus, we have been justified. That is a position that we have. Paul isn't saying that we will be justified. We have been justified. It's a position that we have in Jesus Christ. But the practical side of things that gets into it here in verse 3 Not only that, he says, we glory in tribulations. How many people do that? Glory in trial and struggle. We glory in tribulation. And it's a Greek word that refers to pressure. A word that could be translated as to crush or to press in. And no doubt we've heard testimonies of difficult or tragic situations that actually lead to unrealized futures. I know of testimony of individuals because of the difficult circumstances of their lives that they are now walking with Christ. We had a man here on Wednesday night and because of a work injury and being sidelined and unable to do the work that he used to do. There was a point in being sidelined because of the work injury. He said it got me reading the word of God again. So his faith is on track again. He can't do what he used to do physically, but his faith got on track. It was a situation, a tribulation, a pressure. Hurricane Katrina, one of the deadliest storms to hit the U.S., killed nearly 2,000 people, left 85% of New Orleans underwater and the aftermath of that flooding ruined the city and it was about $80 billion in damages. There was a great homeless crisis, and there was also a boost in children's health. Wait a minute, all this damage and there's something positive that came out of this storm? Well, probably more than one positive thing came out of the storm, but before the hurricane hit New Orleans, the lead concentration in the soil was amazingly high, and as a direct result of that, the lead levels in children's blood was also high. When Katrina hit, the sheer volume of the floodwaters that washed through the city also washed away the contaminated soil. In 2010, they found that the lead levels are down by 39%, and children who have been born after that storm now are free of the contaminants of lead in their system. So we can have a great tragedy in our nation, but sometimes... Those great things actually work for the betterment of the people, a washing away. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what Christ does as he comes in and washes away the sin that so easily destroys our lives through his work on the cross, that washing away. And the washing away, even in that account of the Hurricane Katrina, it had to do with the blood level and the purity of the blood after the storm, the purity that the Lord gives us. The Apostle Paul, we have a biblical example of pressure that brings about a good resolve. As the scripture tells us here, that we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. The Apostle Paul, when he's first introduced to us, he is a persecutor of the church. In Acts 3.8, it tells us that he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Fox's Book of Martyrs, when he records some of the uh, martyrdom that took place from the time of Christ until uh, he wrote, John Fox wrote in the 1500s, he spoke about this time of the persecution that arose at the time of Stephen And we know from the book of Acts chapter 7 that Stephen was stoned to death and is the church's first martyr. But Fox records that around 2,000 Christians died during that time. And yet from the persecution, the gospel spread forth from Jerusalem, just like Jesus promised the apostles that it would. In Acts 1.8, he said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And part of that uh, moving out from Jerusalem had to do with the persecution, and the faith began to spread. But for the apostle Paul, it was on the road to Damascus. When he was going to Damascus to arrest Christians, he discovered that he himself was arrested by Christ, and at that point the church gained a champion. So why do we glory in tribulation? Because tribulation produces perseverance. James would say, in James 1, verses 2 and 3, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I don't know how many of us actually count it all joy when we fall into various trials when we have that pressure coming in when we're being pressed upon by the circumstances that come upon us in life but these things both paul and james agree that they they bring about perseverance patience it means a word in the greek to abide under to have endurance and jesus he instructed us in Luke twenty-one, nineteen, that by your patience possess your souls and enduring under trying circumstances not only produces patience but also it produces the Lord's perfect work in our lives. Those who are unwilling to endure trials are those who are impatient without endurance faith is not being produced or worked out or having its perfect work in their lives. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to resolve situations, circumstances when they come upon us in our lives, but we need to do it in a manner that would uh, honor God. As we go on, perseverance producing character and character producing hope. Perseverance producing character, it's a a Greek word that means for character, approving, attesting, or a proof of the genuine. When I was a child back in the day, uh, we don't have Zenith TVs anymore that we know of. LG actually took over Zenith Corporation, so if you have an LG in your home, whatever product that might be, there's a bit of Zenith in you. But they had the slogan, the quality goes in before the name goes on. And their slogan assured the buyers that their television sets were tested and reliable and let's face it, the, the pressures of difficult situations causes a person to, to show their true colors. It exposes what's on the inside, the true heart of the individual. When push comes to shove, we might say, it will show our true colors. And what's going to come out? Is Christ going to come out? Are we going to be a, a witness for Christ or is the uh, old man, the old woman going to come out? that which the Lord has redeemed us from. First Peter 1, 6, and 7, Peter said, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise of honor and glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though it is tested by fire, we have that famed account in the book of Daniel, of Daniel and the lion's den being tested because of the position, his faith in which he stood. We have now in the United States and there are groups coming against the church. And one of the ways that they are coming against the church is it's not going against necessarily at first the organized religion of the church the corporate side of it the big buildings the big church they're going after individuals within the church Christian bakers or photographers that's a big hit or people who work in the wedding industry they're doing this to go after the churches to say that they have to serve people that disagree with the position or stance on marriage within the church that they need to serve just anyone that comes their way where we find that there is an attack against the church today if need be we go through these things and we have to question how are we going to stand when the attack comes our way are we going to stand in faith we're going to stand in the position And the things that we already have in Christ Jesus. And I think that's what we need to remember. That we've already been uh, justified. So we stand in that. Having been justified. We stand in God's peace. We stand in God's grace. We stand in the hope of the glory of God. We stand in these things because in this world we're going to have tribulation. But that tribulation is going to produce in us a perseverance, character, And hope. And so we know that when push comes to shove, that it really shows what's in the heart of an individual. It's speaking about having this confidence in God, this hope. It's not, as I said earlier, well, I hope so, an uh, unsurety of a hope, but it speaks about that confidence that we have in God. Our hope is placed in, not in ourselves, but in God, who cannot lie and has promised eternal life to those who have faith in his Son. This eternal life that God has foreordained before the foundation of the world, Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 20 and 21 that he was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in the last times for you, speaking about Jesus, who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave glory to him so that your faith and hope are in God. God's work in our lives. It was something that he knew he would have to do before God ever spoke. Let there be light god knew that one day he would send his son as a sacrifice for the world that had fallen away from the plan of god
1: calvary chapel is a fellowship of believers in the lordship of jesus christ our greatest desire is to know christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his holy spirit if you would like more information about calvary chapel or if you would like a copy of today's message please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.